Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. We all should realize by now that John the Apostle had a particular emphasis in all of his writings, and that emphasis was that what God desires for man above all else is that man would receive him as life. I have come that they may have life, he writes in his gospel, and he that has the Son has the life, he says in his epistle. But we should also realize that this divine, eternal, uncreated life has an issue or an outflow, which John calls the fellowship of life. If we want to know him as life and experience this greatest of all divine gifts, we should pay our full attention to the fellowship or flow of life from the one who is life. Bill Lawson has joined us for this uh, program today. Bill, uh, the menu is so rich today, it's hard to know where to begin and how far to go with these uh, items we're about to see in this program today. Wouldn't you agree? That's right, Chris. Uh, when you touch the matter of the divine life in the Gospel of John and even the epistles of John and even his book of Revelation, it is a bottomless matter that will take eternity to enjoy and experience. Well, so the best I think we can hope for uh, in the Lord's mercy is that in the 30 minutes or so that we have before us just to... Uh, touch some of these matters in, in an initial way and uh, hopefully develop a hunger uh, for the listeners, even for ourselves, to be drawn into these things uh, more deeply because this uh, clearly is where John is going in the development. I'm beginning to be impressed now just after, at the end of this first week of uh, the life study of the epistles of John, that John's development from his gospel through the epistles, and as you said, ultimately into Revelation is quite profound and significant, isn't it, on this matter of life? Uh, really so. When you trace his gospel, you know, his 21 chapters, and you go into the epistles, which are a continuation of the life there mentioned in John, and then you go to his, his last book, the book of Revelation, you see a full development of the divine life and the full experience and enjoyment of this divine life all the way into eternity with the uh, new Jerusalem and the new heaven and the new earth. Uh, we've mentioned it before this week. I think it's worth pointing out again today as we uh, kind of uh, establish the backdrop for our program. John's burden was not great doctrine or great teaching. He seemed to have kind of tunnel vision on this matter, and it is so rich, and it is so eternal. As you said, there's no bottom to it. So he was just trying to come at it from this angle and that angle and really unveil us to a whole new perception of uh, what God is offering man in his full salvation, isn't he? Really so, Chris. When you touch the matter of the divine life, the eternal, uncreated life, it's hard to do anything with doctrine and teaching and theology because it's just experience. We, first of all, have to receive the divine life, then we have to live by that life, and that takes a whole lifetime to experience and enjoy the divine life. Like one of the church fathers say, trying to uh, use a ladle 
tried to measure the, the oceans. It's impossible. <laughs> uh, that's a good analogy. Uh, let's pick up a couple verses uh, that we'll hear in this first segment today. First John 1, 3 is our starting point. That which we have seen and heard, we report also to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And uh, a wonderful, I would say, modifier uh, to this fellowship John introduces in First John chapter 1 is what he brought to us in Revelation chapter 22. And he showed me a river of water of life, bright as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. Bill, uh, this is a divine revelation, isn't it, that connects the flowing river coming out of the throne of God and the Lamb in Revelation with the fellowship of life from John's epistles. Right, because in Genesis, of course, we realize that the God unveiled there is the creating God. But if you look at the end of the Bible, in Revelation 22 especially, you have something eternally proceeding out of God, and he's not merely now just the creating God. Now he's a redeeming God. The one that's passed through all the processes, become the life-giving spirit now flowing out of him is a river of water of life. And this river is just the fellowship that we have just talked about. All right, let's join Witness Lee, then we'll come back and uh, touch these uh, very rich matters once again. The fellowship of the divine life is the real topic of the entire epistle. In the Gospel of John, Christ was revealed as the divine life for us to receive him. When we believe in him, he gets into us, and we have him as life within. Then this book, the epistle, continues to show us that out of this divine life issues a fellowship. And this fellowship is the real enjoyment of the divine life. In other words, if we are going to experience this divine life, we have to pay full attention to its fellowship. Now, this fellowship is the issue and the flow of the divine life. The divine life is organic, it's living, it's rich, it's moving, and it's... uh, Working. So, it has a kind of a coming out, a kind of an issue. The fellowship is just this coming out, this uh, issue of the divine life. And this fellowship is clearly portrayed in Revelation chapter 22. In the New Jerusalem, there is a river of the water of life that flows out of the land and God, the redeeming God. You see, in Genesis 1, in God's creation, there was only God. But at the end of the Bible, you have uh, God with the land. He is the redeeming God. Out of this redeeming God, as the source of life, throws out a river. There you can see a clear picture 
that shows us the redeeming God is the very source of these flow of life. The entire city of the New Jerusalem is supplied by these flow of the living river. And this flow, you must see, is exactly the fellowship. Bill, I'd like to come back and pick this point up we were touching just at the end of our time together, and we just heard him develop uh, quite marvelously. And that is the progression that we see in God's dealing with man from Genesis to Revelation. In Genesis, of course, he is the source in a creative sense. But by Revelation 22, he is the source not just as our creator, he's the source in this life flow or life fellowship sense, isn't he? Right, Chris. God's desire is not merely to be, you know, an objective creating God. He's a God of purpose, and his eternal intention is to dispense himself as the divine life into his created man. So the Bible, like you say, is very progressive, and Brother Lee does a masterful job in the progression showing the creating God in Genesis, and then through time, through history, uh, after creating man, his desire was to enter into man. Eventually, man fell away from God. God himself had to come, had to flow out in the sun, in a sense, in incarnation. And then, uh, after living 33 and a half years, a perfect life, Chris, we know after crucifixion and resurrection, he flowed out again. The sun flowed out as the spirit now. So the spirit contains all of the riches of the son and also all the attributes and all that the father is. Now, as the spirit, the spirit can flow out all of the riches of the triune God into us. And eventually, when you look at the, the end of the Bible, you have a picture there of a redeeming God, not just a creating God. Now he's a redeeming God who's fully been processed. Now he is flowing out and he's supplying all of his believers throughout the ages with his rich, divine, eternal life. Now he has brought them all into the fellowship where they enjoy all of his riches for eternity. This picture of God and the Lamb on the throne with the river proceeding out is marvelous in that it shows us not just that God is there now as the redeeming one as well as as the creating one, but that there is a purpose, isn't there, to his redemption. It's to restore his ability to flow out, to impart or dispense, as you said, all of his riches into man, which was really where he began in Genesis 2 and 3 before man's fall. Really so. So this is what we really see here. That's why without Revelation 22, the conclusion here that Brother Lee talks about, you don't have the full picture of what God is trying to do and what eventually he fully accomplishes by flowing out himself into this created and redeemed man. Well, uh, the Apostle John was not the only uh, author in the New Testament that brings up this matter of the fellowship. Paul touches it in Second Corinthians, of course, a wonderful verse, uh, at the end of Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And there's another aspect that will be brought out in this segment, Bill, and I thought we should read Acts 2.42. It mentions another aspect of the fellowship. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the teaching and the fellowship of the apostles. Uh, let's see how all of these connect with this wonderful revelation we were getting from uh, John's writings. This fellowship or this flow is just the spirit. 
So it is called the fellowship of the Spirit. And this is clearly revealed in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The love of God is the source and the grace of Christ is the course. Then the fellowship of the Spirit is the flow of the course. It is the flow of the course that brings the grace of Christ and the love of God to us for our enjoyment. So, this fellowship of the divine life is also called the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And this fellowship is between the believers and the apostles. Firstly, it's a kind of common participation, joint enjoyment of the triune God between the believers and the apostles. The believers need a kind of a, a two-way traffic back and forth with the apostles. And this back and forth traffic is just a fellowship. The more we contact the apostles, the more we enjoy this divine life every time when we come to read the apostles' writings. Paul's, John's, Peter's, and so forth. Every time when we read the writings, we just have the sensation we contact them again. Right? By this contact, you do have a traffic between you and them. Then, in this traffic, you enjoy the divine life through them and with them. Then the apostles, they have fellowship with the Father and the Son. By this you can see, this fellowship joins the believers together with the apostles and with the Father and with the Son. In this fellowship, there is the full oneness of the divine life. So, listen, this fellowship is firstly called the fellowship of the apostles in the Bible, Acts chapter 2. Then it is called the fellowship of the believers. Bill, this is an interesting point. Uh, this matter of apostles in the present age is something that has uh, been argued back and forth through the centuries. But whether or not we believe they are or aren't, one thing I think we can all agree, the fellowship of the apostles is still very much with us, isn't it? And how would you explain that? Really so, Chris. This is quite interesting. Brother Lee's talking here that in Acts 2.42 you have that verse about the early believers. They continued steadfastly in the teaching and the fellowship of the apostles. In other words, those early believers that became the apostles, like Peter, like uh, John, like Paul, these ones, they entered into this flow, this uh, fellowship with the triune God first. So the triune God in Christ flowed into them first in the Gospels and brought them into the rich enjoyment of, of himself as the triune God. So they got into this fellowship. Of course, in the Greek word is koinonia, which means uh, joint 
participation, joint partaking. They're partaking of the same thing. So uh, the apostles got into the fellowship first there, you know, in the early century. Then those apostles, surely they fellowship, they brought the believers who they brought to the Lord into that same fellowship. So they also were partaking of the same thing that the apostles partook of. So you have the apostles brought the believers into the fellowship. And through the ages, the Lord has raised up these different believers who we could really say are really apostles because they brought the believers in their age into the rich flowing and moving of the triune God. Of course, apostle just means sent one. So here, these ones in the first century there were sent, obviously, by the triune God to bring this fellowship of the divine life, as you just said, to the believers. So the believers themselves got incorporated into this fellowship. And now, even for us today, when we touch, how many times, Bill, have we uh, even recording these programs, especially as we were uh, in one of the uh, writings of Paul, you just feel like you've gotten to know Paul, or you're involved in a kind of a present fellowship with him. We don't mean that in you know in a kind of an ultra mystical way, but in a, in, a, in a real sense, they imparted that fellowship to us in their writings, didn't they? Right. We could say, well, how could we be in the Apostles' Fellowship when the Apostles are long gone for centuries? But we have the writings, right? and the writings are very key for us to be brought and stay in the teaching and fellowship of the Apostles so that we also can enjoy the uh, rich flowing of the Father and of the Son as the Apostles. Eventually, this supplies the believers and eventually builds up the body of Christ. Well, uh, our third section today, I think uh, the water gets even deeper here. Uh, so let's try to set it up with some background verses. Again, from 1 John chapter 1, uh, verses 4 and 5. And these things we write to you, that our joy may be made full, and this is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Then, a verse from chapter 4 in 1 John, verse 16, the classic declaration, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God. So, in 1 John, God is love, and God is light. We're going to see a wonderful contrast with John's earlier writing in the first chapter of his gospel, when he says in chapter 1, verse 14, We beheld his glory. Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth, love and light. Wonderful connection we'll see in this last portion. In this book, the first item is the divine life, the second item is the fellowship, and the third is the joy. You see, the divine life issues in fellowship, and the fellowship issues in joy. Fellowship comes out of the divine life, then joy comes out of the fellowship. When you remain in God's salvation, and you come together, everybody comes joyfully. The apostle John says, if we do enjoy the fellowship of the divine life, surely we will be full of joy. So, firstly life, secondly fellowship, thirdly joy, and fourthly, what? Light. Light is here. In verse 5, it says, This is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light. Such an expression that God is love. And God is spirit. They denote and describe the nature of God. 
in his nature, God is a spirit, love, and light. Spirit denotes the nature of God's person. Love, the nature of God's essence. A light, the nature of God's expression. When this divine love appears to us, it becomes grace. And when this divine light shines upon us, it becomes truth. John's Gospel reveals that the Lord Jesus has brought grace and truth to us. In his Gospel, it was God in the Son coming to us as grace and truth that we may become his children. In his epistle, it is we, the children, in the fellowship of the Father's life, coming to the Father to participate in his love and light. The former was God coming out to the outer court to meet our need at the altar. The latter is we enter into the Holy of Holies to contact him at the ark. This is further and deeper in the experience of the divine life. Well, he said it himself, Bill. Uh, this is further, this is deeper in the experience of the divine life, so we just have to do our best. But once again, we, um, we see a kind of a progression here, don't we? He reached us as grace and truth, grace and reality in the gospel. Now, by uh, the epistle of 1 John, we are approaching him, and it gets deeper, doesn't it? Right, Chris. We hear all these terms in the Bible, grace, truth, love, light, fellowship, life, joy. It's like sometimes we're just lost. What's going on here in our experience? But Brother Lee brings the sequence and the progressive aspect of this really into perspective. First of all, we believe and we, we receive the divine life in the Gospel of John. Right. But then we need to enjoy this life, and we that brings us to his epistles, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, uh, where we have the rich enjoyment and partaking of the divine life. That That is the fellowship. It's the issues in the fellowship, joint participation. Then that brings us joy. A divine joy, you know, not some natural joy, but is a divine joy. There is an enjoyment of the fellowship, which is a divine joy. We rejoice even. Sometimes we even exult in the Lord that we're just so, uh, you know, exulting in the Lord's riches. And then eventually that brings us into something deeper, which is God as light which is the very nature of God's expression. So, in other words, we begin with the divine life, and we're brought eventually into God's nature. Okay, he says, you know, the spirit is the nature of God's person, love is the nature of God's essence, and light is the nature of God's expression. One time, uh, Chris, uh, I was in a fellowship with Brother Lee, and he used an illustration which I could never forget. He said, love and light and grace and truth are like two ends of a pencil. He said, on the eraser end, that's love and light. On the pencil lead end, that's grace and truth. So uh, we began on our side to enjoy the Lord as grace and truth or reality by enjoying him. Then the more we enjoy him as grace, we are eventually are brought by him into the source of grace, which is 
love, and we're also brought into the source of truth, which is light. So he comes to us, right, and like the Lord did, as grace and reality in John 1. Eventually, when we enjoy him, Chris, we're brought all the way back to the source of grace and truth, which is love and light. And in love and light, we are brought back into the ark where the Holy of Holies is. And in that experience we are brought into the very nature of God. And that's the deepest thing for us to enter into God as light and God as love. Well, um, we began today, Bill, by promising uh, our listeners that this was a rich program. And I don't know what else we got exactly right in our fellowship, but we did get that part right. This is a very rich topic, and uh, these are rich points, aren't they? Really so. Well, I think this would be an ideal time to recommend the printed life study because we recognize our inability to really do these things uh, adequate justice in our presentation. But there is much here that is so helpful, so enlightening uh, to guide us into all reality in our experience of the divine life and the fellowship of life and the flow of life and all of these rich aspects culminating in our being brought into God himself and his nature. So if you'd like to get the printed uh, Life Study messages, you can contact us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. I will be away the next couple of weeks. Matt Miller will be in this chair, and then uh, I know that you'll probably have a chance to... uh, record some programs with Matt, and then I look forward to getting with you, Bill, when I get back. It's a joy to be here. Thank you for joining us today. And for Bill Lawson, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. For 21 years, Witness Lee conducted a comprehensive life study, unveiling how the Bible presents Christ coming to be life to man. These audio programs are based on those messages. But to get the full riches of the life study, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. From there, you can read over 1,800 life study messages in their entirety, or download more audio programs like this one, all free of charge. Again, the website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening today.